I'm going to talk about hoarding. Don't be raising your hand if you're one. Um, I used to, when I was in high school, God brought me, I got saved, and then God's like, I have a job for you. You are going to clean houses for hoarders. They didn't have the hoarding show back then, guys. I didn't really know what that was. It was terrifying. And this isn't little hoarding. This is like like top to floor to ceiling, little paths going through, like newspapers. The whole shower in one room was just all newspapers from like 30 years, like food that, I mean, it was terrifying. Um, and I was like, 16 years old. I'm like, Lord, why did you do this? And I got to minister and stuff, but I started looking and I thought, this is really sad. This is so sad. You can't even sleep on your bed. You can't use the bathroom effectively. Like, you can't cook. You, like, this is a hindrance to this person's life. And, and so if, when you clean for hoarders, if they're there, you can't clean because they find value in things that they hold on to. So as soon as that person would leave, I would take everything into bags and put it into my car and so take it to the dump and get back and be like, doesn't it look good? She's like, where'd you put it? I'm like, oh, I put it somewhere else. No worry, we got a spot for it. Yeah, it was hard. And so I started looking about hoarding, I think. So I'm talking, I, I labeled this, it's different than what it says in the thing. Where's Jordan? So sorry. Um, say goodbye to hoarding. And so I started looking, I'm like, this is excess. I'm looking at this house, I'm in here, and it's like, they wouldn't just buy like one DVD. If there was 10 of those DVDs, they would buy all of them, the same one, in a stack. And I'm like, this is overwhelming. And I thought about hoarding is kind of like excess. You can never use it, you can never, you know, you don't even know where it is when you need it, you can't get to it, you can't find it. And I thought about anything, if you look in God's word, anything in excess is not good besides him, right? Anything in excess. He talks about in Proverbs 25, it says, it's not good to eat too much honey. God made honey, right? He gave that for us. Honey doesn't even go bad. Like, here's 2,000 old honey. Okay, that's good. Um, but God says, it's not good to eat too much honey. It's not good for you to seek honor for yourself, you know? And he's saying too much of anything is bad, even if it's a good thing. Honey's good. It's sweet. We like it. It adds flavor to things. But you know what? Try to take a couple spoonfuls of honey in a row. That's tough. I can't even do one. I'm like, you've got to mix that in to, like, pee or something. Um, but God's saying, like, even the things I'm giving you, these are good, but too much, this excess of that. It's not always good for you. You know, to keep everything, to hoard everything. We know Luke 6.38, given it shall be given unto you. So he's saying, if stuff comes to you, you don't just pack it away and keep it. What do we do? Give, give and it will be given back unto you. So it's like, oh, I don't have to hoard this because when I need it, it's going to come back into my life. And I'm not just talking about things. I'm talking about spiritual things, gifts, talents, anything. Um, you know, and then we see in Matthew 19, it says, you know what, you want to be first, you want to have the up on everything, you want to have everything, because the first shall be last, and the last shall be first, right? So if you're like, I, I want to get ahead, it's not about, i gotta, I got to bring everything to me. You know, i got to make sure all of my needs are met first. So I'm looking at when we're hoarding things like that, 
in Acts 20, it says it's better to give than receive. I mean, we have a lot of people in this church that are like, they're givers. You guys are great givers. Like, John, what'd you say for your birthday? You bought your grandkids stuff. You're like, yes, for my birthday, I brought them matching outfits. I'm like, that's because when we have the spirit of the Lord in us, he's a giver, so we naturally love to give. So, and then we go to Ecclesiastes. Anybody even read that before? (laughs) Don't read it when you're depressed. You read it when you are full of joy, okay? When you are full of joy, that is the season to read Ecclesiastes so you can prepare for seasons when you might go into a valley, right? You don't read Ecclesiastes when you're in the valley. But I'm going to read it to you now. So if you're in the valley, just maybe close your ears. I don't know. (laughs) It says, there is a grievous evil which I have seen under the sun, riches being kept and hoarded by their owners to his own demise. When we hoard to ourselves, it actually destroys us. Um, my dad actually said something to me, and because uh, there was you know, all these issues in my family, and he said, you know, it's probably good that your siblings don't know how much money you have. Let them think you have nothing. He said, because you know what? When people think you have money, they treat you differently. And I thought, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good word. Um, but we don't even realize it. The more wealth we have sometimes that is outward or the more things we have, maybe you got blessed with a house or maybe you got blessed with, you know, all these fun toys or different things like that. And it's people like, why do they have all that? It actually can bring misery to you. So we're not supposed to flash that. Not that we shouldn't have those things. I'm not saying that. So don't be like, oh, no, I have. Fine. I'm saying it's he's God's talking about there that when we hoard and we keep everything to ourselves and it's like this is mine I need it and I want that it actually bring misery to us so and then we get to James because I want to show you guys that it's all over that God's like we don't need to keep things we need to give things away um, it says in James 5 3 it says your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire you have stored up your treasure in the last days when it will do you no good think about what we're keeping we're holding on to so I said a lot about physical things because can you put that picture of hoarding up? That's a lot. Who has anxiety immediately right now? <laughs> I don't have enough hands for this. You know, this is about the house that I did. That's half of what it looks like. Half. And sometimes I would just sit there and cry um, because I'm like, I can't do this. And I did that for about three years over and over. And I would clean it out, and it would get filled back up. And I would clean it out, and it would get filled back up. And I would cry and cry a lot. Uh, You couldn't see my tears. They got lost in the mess. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, Lord, something's wrong in the soup. I, I just knew. I said, something's broken in this person, and it has nothing to do with these things. Something is broken, and they need you. This person does know the Lord now. That, but, And when we see this in the natural and the spiritual, that hoarding is not an attribute of the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to leave that up for a long time. It's scary. Um, <laughs> I'm getting a little, I feel it behind me. It's comfort. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better. Maybe that's how I got my OCD that I'm already delivered from. I don't have it no more, but... But when we see, we see that hoarding is not an attribute of the Holy Spirit. He never says, 
bring everything unto you and keep it. He never says, carry every burden, keep every offense. You know, you, you put yourself first. You know, bring everything to you, multiply, keep it to yourself. Do you hear any of those things in God's word? Mm -mm. You're not going to because it's not an attribute of God. It's not an attribute of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to see it. So I talked a lot about things, and we see that, and we're like, that's very you know, tangible to our mind, to our thoughts. Like, okay, I can understand. That's hurting. But what about things that we're packing away, like our emotions? Juana said something to me about someone we know, and he said, she said, that person, they take their emotions, and they keep them way deep down. They just crush them way down there. And I said, yeah, sometimes people do. And they're just packing them in, our emotions, um, our sin. Sometimes we think, if I just put it to the side and not deal with it, you know, no one else is going to see it. Just put it in that back room. I'm not really getting rid of it, but I just got to keep it out of view. Just got to throw it in there. You know, maybe it's our traumas. We're like, I don't want to deal with that because when I deal with that, it's painful. It is painful, but God's like, please deal with it so you don't have to hoard it away and, and keep it your entire life. Things can be traumatic. But when we pack that stuff away, instead of letting God deal with the pain, you know, in our lives, it makes us ineffective. What do I mean by that? It makes our ability to share the gospel ineffective. If someone who doesn't know how to have empathy is trying to share the gospel, it's not going to come across correctly, is it? Because God has empathy for us. He gave his son to die on the cross for us. So if we're like, I, I just, I'm never going to show emotion. We're, or, or I just have trauma, so I can't, I can't deal with this, or I can't talk to this person, or, or you know what, you know, I don't feel like I'm righteous enough or I'm good enough. Or, and we believe those lies because we keep packing it on to ourselves instead of giving it to Jesus. Like he said, I already carried for you. Would you please, you know, you know give me your burden? And so we become ineffective, and we're not able to preach the gospel. We may, we may have the gospel. We may have salvation, but we have a hard time actually giving it to away to other people. We're scared that, what if I say this? Even doing what we did this morning, you know how many people would be scared to be like, well, I don't, if I say that, what if people don't come back? You know, there's things that even as a leader in your brain, it's like, well, don't do that. You said you weren't going to do that. Oh, you don't like that. So don't. all these things are going through my head. And it's like, okay, well, I could just keep, you know, push it back, tell God, oh, I didn't really mean to not do that. No, we have to move forward because otherwise we become ineffective in sharing the gospel. We make it for us and that's us alone and we see that our families, the next generation, do you guys understand, I really want to get in this season, God is talking generationally because people are like, oh, well, Jesus might come back. Well, you don't know when he's coming back and if you do not plan for that now, what if it is five generations from now and your family line doesn't know the Lord because you couldn't share the gospel. Tell the truth, I don't ever worry about when Jesus is coming back because I should act like he is every day. I should raise my family up. I should preach the gospel. I should stop at the person in the road who needs help, and I should help them. I should be giving. I should be serving. I can't be holding on to bitterness because, you know, every day I should act like that because we don't know. When we pack this stuff away, we become overwhelmed with this emotional clutter. 
You ever felt that? Let's be real. Have you ever felt that? Like that emotional clutter? You're like, I can't think about anything else because I'm thinking about this and this and this and this and this. And then I'm trying to be Christian in front of people and going like this. And they can look at you. You may have a smile on their face and they're like, something ain't right. Me and Matt go place all the time and I'll meet people. I'm like, something ain't right. I just spoke to them. I know in my spirit something isn't right. They tell me everything's good. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I know it. Because you know what? When I walk up to them and they told me with their mouth, but their spirit's like, they need help. Because you know what? When we're in a community of believers, the Holy Spirit is like, you're there to help them. So this emotional clutter, you know, when we have that so much, we have nothing to give away. Because we're trying to keep it all for ourselves. We're trying to fix it. And God's like, I never called any of you to fix each other. Did you know that? We're not called to fix anybody. It's not our job, and we do that too much. i got to clean this up. i gotta, I got to make it right for them. You know, why don't you just support them, bring them some comfort, give them the word of the Lord, and God will clean it up because he knows exactly what they need. So when we're feeling like this, we have this clutter going on, and we feel like it's just too much. And there might be seasons of that. I went through a season of that, and I just said, hey, guys, I can't really talk to any of you for, like, a couple of weeks. <laughs> I did. I said, I need help. I'm, I'm feeling that. And you guys were all so um, supportive and just praying for me and things like that. And I just feel like I'm coming back stronger than ever because I'm like, I see that that clutter is piling up behind me. And you know what? If I don't deal with it, it's going to be overwhelming. So we've got to think about the Holy Spirit. Now, don't answer this out loud. I'm just kind of thinking. So just kind of assess, like, do I hear from the Holy Spirit well? Like, am I seeing, like, am I seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit? If we're not seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we're probably not accessing the Holy Spirit very well. Because it's not whether we have the gifts. You have them. He gave them to you. They're freely given, right? But... The fruit tells me if you're using it, if you're accessing it, if you're applying it. So just ask yourself, okay, am I accessing the Holy Spirit well? Am I hearing well? Am I, am I being activated? Am I, am I doing these things? Or, and if you say, you know what, there's some areas I seem like I just keep hitting a wall. I keep going back to the same thing. I keep, you know what I mean, going around and around this circle and I just keep coming to the same issue, and I don't want anyone to know because everyone knows that I'm a Christian, and if I tell them that, you know what, I'm having a hard time believing in this or, or getting through this or letting go of this, you know what, let's be honest. Like when you have an anger towards someone, it is hard to be like, I just want to let that go. I know. It's hard when you're just like, I just want something bad to happen to them in this moment. <laughs> Not terrible, but let them stub their toe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I'm not saying I really want the, but you know, and when you're in pain, you want some, the reason when we're in pain, we want someone else, we, we want others to feel how we feel, like you need to know how I feel, and sometimes we're not effective at hearing from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's like, no, actually, that's not what I want, I don't want, I want you to not have pain, and I also want them to not have pain, so we got to deal with it, we got to deal with what's going on, and the areas that we have either not learned how to hear from the Holy Spirit, or we have rejected what the Holy Spirit is saying, you know, pride is something that sneaks up on all of us at times, right? We've got to keep humility at the forefront. So however, however you got the clutter, 
It might have been a one full whoosh. It might have been a slow, like, I'll find a place for this later. I'll deal with this later. And pretty soon, you've got that scary thing going on. Because the Holy Spirit needs a place. He needs a place that you have made for him. You invite him in. He doesn't come barging in and saying, you know, I'm taking all this stuff out. We're done with this. You're not doing this anymore. We're going to change how we think. We're going to change how we act. You're going to listen to me. Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit act like that in God's Word? No. So you have to make a place. You say, look, I cleaned this all out for you. I can hear you. We can fellowship in here. You know what? We can sit down. We can interact. We can have community. You need to clean up, make a place for him. Psalms 51.10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. That's good. In Matthew 5, 8, it says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Proverbs 4, 23, it says, guard your heart. Are you guys knowing where the Holy Spirit's residing? Have you got that in here? The heart. Above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I love that. Proverbs, it determines the course of your life. Sometimes we get on areas in our life we didn't want to go to. We're like, how did I get here? This didn't happen, or I thought this would happen, or I did this. And, and you're just in areas, you're like, why does it seem like everyone else has friends and I don't have friends? Okay, well, something determined the course of your life, and it was your heart. So we don't know. If you look back at your heart, you say, okay, well, why don't I have friends? Well, I used to be mean and terrible and hateful, or I've been, I was so introverted that if someone said hi to me, I ran away and wouldn't talk to them. Or ghost people, I do that, you know. Okay, well, most people, if they want friends, you have to talk to them, get to know them. You can't say, nobody ever talks to me, and you, like, stand in the hallway, and you hide from everyone. Well, nobody knows you're there. You're hiding in the hallway. You think I'm supposed to like go through, you know, well, you're hiding in the bathroom. I might go through, hello, is anybody in there? You want to talk to me and be my friend? That would be weird, right? But then we wonder, we're hiding in the bathroom. We're hiding in these closets. And we're like, why is anyone my friends? Because you're hiding in the dark. And I, that's really creepy. If someone comes and finds you there, that's called a stalker. Okay? I don't know why, but I feel like someone really needs some friends. And I'm like, that's not in my notes, so I don't know where that's going. If you're like, if I need friends, then you need to go up and get over that fear and be like, hi, I've never met you before, or hi, I've met you 50 times and I can't remember your name because something's messed up up here and God's got to fix it. I don't know. <laughs> Say whatever you want. I call people. I, had, I used to have dreams when we worked in youth. I'd have dreams, and God would tell me the names of kids, but not the right names. <laughs> and I would call them their na those names from my dream, and they would just respond. So I thought, it doesn't matter. Even if I know their name, they can still be my friend. And it will go on for a long time sometimes. And then people will be like, you know that's not my name. I was like, oh, my gosh. God, blame it on God. He told me it was. <laughs> so you have to step out. I look at it determines the course of your life. If you don't like an area of your life, then you get to change it with, your, with creating a clean heart. Clean something up. You know, I think of this world has FOMO. Do you guys know what that is? Fear of missing out. 
We got to do everything. We got to go on every trip. We got to do this. We got we to be, oh, it's overwhelming. It's exhausting. Like, oh, look what I got. I got to do this. Oh, you got this. I got to have this. Oh, you know, it's the, what we used to call keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, they have the white picket fence. You know, I got to get this. I got to get a house in this time. I got to, oh, I got to go here. I got to get this kind of job. I got to make this kind of money. You know, oh my gosh, look, they put 50 pictures of their kids. I got to put 51 pictures of my kids up. Ugh. Look how cute their kids look. That's because they put those clothes on them, took the picture, took those white clean, little clean clothes off, and let them run feral outside. That's what the reality is. Nobody looks like that. This shirt, I don't even know why it's white. I've been wearing it for like four hours already, and this, this is a miracle right here. And I ate a donut in this. I ate it like this this morning. I said, Lana, can I use some bronzer? She's like, You be careful. <laughs> I'm standing in Lana's room, putting bronzer on like this, and she's watching me like, I didn't get any on me. I don't know what's happening. What are we talking about missing out? If you don't wear white, you're not missing out on anything. All it is is anxiety, right, John? You're wearing white. Like, you're thinking, Jesus was meant for white. Was, we were not. <laughs> I know. I buy, I buy these cheap. They are like $4.88 at Walmart. Okay? Because when I wear them, I just throw them away. I'm not even going to try to wash it. If I put in a washer with bleach, it comes out black. I don't know what happens. I'm like, I put that in there. There was nothing on it. It's in a wash machine with washer. You know, all I put in is white soap, bleach, and a white shirt. What happened? So um, I have to get another one after this because I'm pretty sure something's going to happen. But I was talking about fear of missing out. Now we're talking about white shirts. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like we get in there and we're just like, and we're like, why is it my life going that direction? Why can't I wear white? You can. Can wear it. May not look pretty. That's why I just decided, you know what? I thought I couldn't wear white, and I thought, I'm going to wear white. I'm going to wear it all the time, and I'm going to get new clothes all the time, and he's going to pay for it. <laughs> oh. Okay, so sometimes you worry about what you don't have or you don't think you have, or does God love me the same? Or You know, it seems like their giftings and callings, you know, they seem really gifted. Why do they, they're leaders, and I can never be there, and I feel like I should, but I can't. You know what? But there, if you're like, for us, we're leaders because we walked through the servanthood first. So if you don't like the direction, get in the right lane. If you're like, I don't like where my life is going, get your heart right. You know, God said the first shall be last. So, you know, if you're like, I feel like God's called me to leave, then get here and set up chairs. Go clean the bathrooms. Ask people what they need. Take care of their needs. And God will elevate you because he's like, I know where that one's going, following me. So if you're like, I don't like where my life is, you know, God's like, then clean up your heart. He didn't tell you you can't do this. You don't have gifts. You don't have callings. You do. Every single person in here, you know, he doesn't say, well, they're better. No, 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 no. God has called everybody, everybody, even those who do not know him yet. So you can't be like, well, they just, well, you know what? You don't maybe know, well, they just seem like they just flow in prophecy. Well, you don't know how many hours they spent praying for that, learning, being equipped, reading about that, getting it wrong. 
I think the first five years, all I did is get everything wrong in it. You don't want to keep going. And when I got it right, I'm like, I'm going to focus on this one a hundred times. Like, I'm going to talk about it over and over and over because I know how that felt. I got it right. I'm going to do that. And the ones I got wrong, I'm like, I guess I'm going to get back up and I'm going to practice. And if I mess it up, I'm going to say, I'm sorry. That was probably just me, my emotion, whatever it is. But if there's an area that you feel called to and you feel like I'm messing out, my life isn't going that way, check your heart and say, who am I following? Because it will determine the course of your life. If you're like, well, I'm bitter, I'm jealous, I have fear, I have anxiety. You know, I used to have anxiety, and there's times that it comes around. When I see a picture like we saw up there, it started creeping back up, and I was like, you better get behind me. Right? So things can cause that. Depression, lack, heaviness of your heart. If those are the things that are, that is the course of your life, and you feel that most of the time, I'm not saying you'll never feel those things. You know, I'm like, oh, you woke up, you had a little anxiety, or you were fear. Like, that's, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about, like, it's the course of your life. You can't do anything because it's like, oh, I'm so scared, something bad's going to happen. I can't do and you're literally in this prison of fear, then it's time to change the course of your life. If it's going in that different direction than you would like, check your heart, which houses your soul and your spirit. That's what we're talking about when the Bible is talking about the, the heart. It's not talking about your physical organ of the heart. It's talking about what houses your, whole, your soul and your spirit. Your spirit is you know, always ready, always on. It doesn't need rest. It's from the Lord. Your soul is what has to partner with your spirit to create your heart, okay? So it houses that. So you need to say, okay, I need to check. Does my spirit accept and acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? That's the first thing. Who is your spirit submitting to? You have one. You're born with a spirit. Who is it submitting to? The first thing, so if you want to clean up your heart, make sure that your, your spirit has given its life to the Lord, has accepted Jesus, Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, that he paid for every sin that you have or, or, will, or will commit, that you've done that. If you haven't done that, that's the first thing. The next thing is your soul. That is a constant. That is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You know what? If you have a problem and you're like, oh, man, I'm just struggling, then wake up and read something joyful in the Lord every day to bring joy into your life, right? Don't read Ecclesiastes that day. I already told you. That and Lamentations, those are for when you have the overflow of joy already happening in your life, okay? They are, they are beneficial to you. Both of those books are beneficial because God gave them to us. But you gotta, you got to read, like, some Psalms, and be careful with that because sometimes... <laughs> but you know something that make a joyful noise let's, let's find something good in, in the word and as you begin to work on your soul that will change the heart and that will change what? the direction of your life I always tell my kids when they say well always bad things always happen to me I'm like don't say that don't say that you know what because when you say that you're creating that because God gave us all authority with our words and says that you get to create life and death out of them so don't say that. Say good things happened to me and this bad thing happened to me, but God will turn it around. God must be doing something because he's not going to leave me here. He's not going to leave me in that valley. So I may be in the valley, but he's not going to leave me here. Got to change it around. That's how you get your soul in line with your spirit that creates your heart. And as you change that, it will change the course of your life. You will be walking in the destiny that God created you for, you will have joy, you will have peace, you will be happy, you will spread the gospel, you will bring people into the kingdom. It's amazing.
That's what we want right there, right? James 4, 8. I'm gonna, come close to God and God will come close to you. I feel far from God. He never moves away from you. You're the only one moving. You know, God is the center. So if you feel far from God, that's because you decide to run away. I have a little puppy right now. I was like, Lord, I know I wanted a puppy. But this thing looks at me. It's like, I'm really fast and you're really slow. I'm small. You're big. I'm running away. You can't catch me. You know? I call her. I say, come here, sweet little Evie. She look right at me. And she take off. I'm like, okay, see, that's her fault. I'm doing all the right things. I'm loving her. She's like, no. See, that's the same with us, with God. He's doing all the right things. It's all the junk that makes us be like, oh, I don't want God to see this. God already sees it. <laughs> we got to get that. See, that's a false mindset that we think that, like, if I get away from God or think I'm away from God, he can't see. He already sees what, what's going on. So come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. All right. I'm going to go on that a little bit. It says, your loyalty is divided between God and the world. If you don't know how to cleanse your heart, James tells you. We just talked about that. Come close to God. How do we come close to God? He inhabits what? Praises. That's a really easy way. He inhabits the praises of his people. Okay. If inhabit means they are coming to live, they are coming in your house, they are coming in your space. Hope you're not a space person. I know this one's not because I raised it. <laughs> she has no personal space. And also believes nobody else has any. <laughs> right? Those of you that have one of those said amen. Mm-hmm. Come on. Oh. God uses those ones for those of us that have been hurt and have trauma. He sends us children like that. Because we're like, I need big space. And God's like, no. You need some softness, and you need love, and we're going to break off that lie. <laughs> so when we were hoarded, I hoarded that for a long time. Like anybody even shakes, if I did, if, I, if you would have done that where I was, I would have been at the door the moment they said stand up. I've been like, nobody better touch me. Shake my hand. I will punch you. <laughs> he actually covered for me, so I didn't punch people. But I was like, that person comes. Well, because the, there was always the people that are like, you said, you said to shake someone's hand. I'm coming in for a hug. I'm like, I know we're at church, but you know what? I'm pregnant, and I will punch you. <laughs> what? What'd you say? Yeah. People coming to hug me, and Matt would always step in. He's like, hey, guys. Then, then God sent one person. Her name is Jody, and she's like, you ain't hard, you ain't tough, you come see Mama Jody, and you're going to hug me, and I'm going to be there with your child, and I'm going to be there when she's born, and I'm going to cut her cord, and you're not going to do anything about it. It's like, okay. <laughs> and she broke me, and God used her. You know what I mean? God can do that, right? And now I'm the person like, hey, how you doing? I'm going to get you. going to get you. <laughs> and you guys are running from me now. <sighs> now, nah, you all pretty good. You know, if you've been here long enough, you know. <laughs> It don't work. Um, so if you're like, I don't know how 
prayer, petition, spending time in God's word, worship. We know that one. You know, make sure your loyalty is to God before the world. We live in the world, you know, we have jobs that we, we have to submit. We have to pay taxes. We have to do all of these things. We live in the world, but our loyalty should not be to the world first. It should not. We should take time. You know, it's like, should we take time? Well, I'm really busy. Should we take time to pray as a family or pray over our family each day? We're just so busy. Well, you know what? Are you too busy to first start your day with the word of the Lord? That's why I like to get up early. Sometimes I get up at like in the early hours, do prayer on my own, and then go back to bed. That's what I like. I love, I love having my Bible on my phone because it's always with me. Is always with me. I get to pull it up. But it's like, how many of us, like, we get going? How many of you guys have even, we even do this sometimes. We get, you're so hungry, and you make dinner, and you all start eating, and then you're like, who prayed? <laughs> Who's going to hell? You ain't. I'm <laughs> That's what we say because we have that type of relationship. <laughs> you're not going to hell going to hell if you don't accept Jesus there's the truth um, but no like you know and then we're like Lord thank you for the food that before us and the food we already ate <laughs> you know but think we get so busy right and our loyalty is to I'm hungry my need is to be met instead of Lord you said that when I thank you and I pray over my food that it will be health to my body when you start realizing like hey I've been sick and God says if I pray over my food, it'll be health to my body. I want to be healthy. I'm not going to forget to pray over my food. So even things like that, putting that into your life and saying, oh, life is busy. Some of y'all got kids, and they're in sports, right? And you think, oh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Everyone, they told you, see all the cute things. It'll be fun, they said. They don't, they don't, they're not with you when it's like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. I need my shorts for tomorrow, and they're not washed, and nothing's going to Like, why did I have children? <laughs> That's just so true. You got to go where? At what time? You had to be there 10 minutes ago? <sighs> I don't even eat anymore. Just, you know, the, if the fast food place knows your name and your order, you might be running a bit too much, right? <gasps> because you're like, I don't have time. I'm running. It, it can get like that. And there's nothing wrong with, with having your kids in sports or, or doing fun things that you like to do. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying make sure our loyalty is to God first. If someone says, oh, well, we're going to have practices on Sunday morning. Oh, no, we're not. You're going to have practice on Sunday morning. I'm going to bring my family to church to get equipped, to get built up, to have community. So you're going to have practice. We're going to be loyal to God first. Do you see the difference? Mm-hmm. Because if you're like, well, why is my family not like someone else's family? Well, who are you loyal to? Who do you worship? You know, I remember we would live in poverty before we worked Sundays. Like, and there's times we've worked Sundays since, and God has given us grace. Like, okay, you have this. But I said, you know what? Right now we are building our family, and nothing can keep us from hearing the word of God, and we need that support. So we would literally, there was times we didn't have heat, we didn't have, and we're like, there ain't jobs, but you know what? I won't take a job that works on Sunday right now because my family, what we're going through right now, we need to hear the word more than we need our physical needs met. 
I can be cold and I can be hungry, but I cannot live without the word of God. And we learn that. And now we have a lot more freedom. Like, I have to work on a Sunday, no problem. Like, I can, you know, I mean, God gives favor. But do you see how your loyalty, our loyalty was to God. So you know what he did? He was loyal to us. Do you see that? When your loyalty is to God, and I'm not, don't, and don't feel like, oh my gosh, I work a Sunday. Calm down. That's just, but I'm talking your loyalty. If you're chasing the dollar, and like, well, this is an extra. I'm going to work here because I want to make more. You will never make more. You will always have lack. Doesn't matter how much it, it pays you. Be very, be very, very diligent about where your loyalty lies. You're like, well, I need to, I need to put my family first. God is your first family. The family that you have in the natural is your second family. If you do not have a good relationship with the Lord, if you are not making him loyal, your kids never will, your wife never will, your husband never will, your wife will never show you honor, your, your husband will never show you love. Because that only comes from the Lord. So if they do not have, if they are not loyal to the Lord, they're not going to be able to show that to you because that is the only place to get that. The enemy cannot give you that. The world cannot give you that. Only the word of God can give you that. You're like, I want a healthy community. Well, you know what? The only community that's healthy is the church. Everything outside of the church. You have seen it everywhere in the Bible over and over and over. Sodom and Gomorrah, hello. If you are outside of the church, it is not healthy because you were never created to be singular. You were always created to be part of a body, part of a kingdom. Where are we going and what time is it? Okay, so I just want to give you, if you, you've got to say who your loyalty is to. The Holy Spirit wants to take out the old and put in what needs to be there. So there's this overflow, this overflowing that benefits others. It benefits your generation, the next generation. I want, you know, every generation to have the freedom that I have to call on the name of Jesus without fear or shame. I can go anywhere right now probably in this town, in this community, and I can say I believe in Jesus and I'm not going to jail. I'm not going to be beaten. I'm not going to be thrown in prison, right? I want my children to have that. And if we don't live that, our children will not have that. Do you understand how important it is? You, don't make your children and your family happy right now. Give them a foundation of truth because they will be happy for a season, but be destroyed for generations. That's why we need to have, be able to let the Holy Spirit come in, get rid of the junk, have the overflow, which benefits others. Let the Holy Spirit clean everything out of your mind and heart that doesn't prosper you. Can you show the other photo for me? That's what the Holy Spirit does. This is going to make me so happy. Come on, Donis. I'm sorry. I was waiting for joy. It's okay. It's going to be good. Oh, my gosh. Is that not beautiful? I could look at that all day. Look at those counters. I bet if you did this, nothing would come up. The sink is shiny. I have problems. I love to look at, like, after something that's just clean. But look, you saw that was the same kitchen. Do you guys know that? So that's the after picture. That's amazing. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He's like, all that junk you don't need, this is what you need. This is functional. It works. You have everything you need. It's beautiful. You know what? You can do things. You can give. When you have a kitchen like that, when it looks like that, you can do a lot of things. You can host. You can have, you know, give away. You can make meals. You know, Keelan, you do that. You, have, you make meals for people when they have babies. I mean, 
This is what it does when you let the Holy Spirit clean out, clean out all the junk. So I'm asking you, what have you been hoarding? And we're all kind some of us are secret hoarders. Some of us are outward hoarders. Um, it may be something simple. Like me, I know it's really easy for me to hoard my time with games, so I usually delete them off my phone. I'll play them for like two weeks, and I'm like, okay, I'm having an issue. And you know what? This is not benefiting me. I got to delete it. I don't care how many levels I got to. I got to delete it, right? <laughs> because it might be something simple like that. Maybe you've been hoarding something simple like that, okay? Great. If you're in the simple things that you're hoarding, how much easier to just when it's small. But maybe, maybe you're hoarding things like pain from the past, your loss. Maybe you're trying to hide it away instead of giving it to God or handing it over. Maybe you're hoarding old mindsets about God, about the Bible. Well, I was raised this way, and they say healing isn't for today. Well, I don't care. God says it is. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe you have old mindsets about money or raising children or marriage, and, and we need to say, you know what, God? I've believed this my whole life, but it's not true. I've got to get rid of it. It doesn't line up with your word. Maybe you're hurting how you see yourself. Maybe you've been piling on those lies about who you are. And it's hard to see who God actually created you to be because there's so much junk in the way. So as I was going through that and if something was like, oh, that was me, good. That, the, the best thing you can do is not be like, oh, you know, I don't want anyone to know about it. The best thing to do is like, wow, God, you showed me that about myself and now it can actually change. You don't know what you don't know. Once you know it, you can actually go from living, you know, in all this pain and, and, and stress and anxiety to living in peace and freedom. So instead of being like, oh, no, that was me, or maybe you hit every single one of those, good. Then you can get rid of a lot at one time. God doesn't have to use years and decades to do what you took years and decades to hoard up. He can do it in an instant. He's God. And if you guys know that God is God, do all things um, kind of like that um, and sometimes he's like well we're going to go through a process because he doesn't want to hurt you God doesn't want you to be in pain so sometimes he takes you through a little bit so you don't end up back in that same spot like I told you at the beginning I cleaned the same house for three years because they didn't actually let God take care of it they kept bringing it back in after we got it cleaned out sometimes God will take you through a process because he wants to make sure it's actually healed actually gone you know actually disposed of and not just hidden in a different corner, right? So if, if, here's, if the devil can't have you, some of you guys are like, I'm already saved. Like, I know I'm on my way. If the devil can't have you, he's for sure going to immobilize you. If he can't have you, he's going to immobilize you so that you can't use your gifts, your callings to lead others to Christ. That is a huge thing. He immobilizes us with our emotions, all the things. Oh, this bad thing happened. Bad things happen to everybody. But those of us who have Christ know that, you know what, all things work out for the good of those who love the Lord. Yeah. To have that alone gives you like, okay, I'm in a bad thing happened to me season. Sometimes it's nothing you did. Just bad things can happen. We live in a fallen world. Bad things can happen. But don't let the enemy immobilize you. You know, clean up. Start now. Notice when it starts getting a little crowded and and deal with that heart daily instead of like, well, I don't want anyone to see this or that, you know. It's like deal with it daily. 
You know, message someone, say, hey, can you just pray? Tony, you did that for me the other week. I was like, you just stepped out and said, I just really felt like I was supposed to pray for you. And I said, you know, I was having a terrible morning that morning. And I said, Lord, send somebody. Send somebody. And she just sent me a message and said, God said to pray for you. And I said back to you, I said, thank you. I was having, the enemy was really after me. And I just needed someone. And you just listened to the Holy Spirit. Just, and you just said, I'll pray for you today. I said, thank you. That's, that's it. And it changed my whole day because the Spirit of the Lord came on. So if it gets a little crowd, don't just be like, oh, no, I'm fine. Oh, I don't need you to pray for me. Said, oh, thank you. Oh, I'm, everything's good. No, no, no. I t- if, if the Lord sends someone, let them help clean it out. Keep your heart so that you don't have that big mess. Keep it so that it's just a little thing. Oh, I can take care of that, and I can give it right to the Lord. You know, it gets a little crowded. Take everything off the counter, put it in the box, and say, God, I think this is for you. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. I can't do anything. And God's like, oh, I got it. I got it. You know, he does. He throws it into the lake and says, I ain't going to remember that. All right, let's pray.